Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sonia Leeson and you're listening to the Love Mondays podcast, The Power of Resilience, stories of struggle and success from inspiring entrepreneurs. In this series, I will be interviewing business leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about their incredible true life stories and how they overcame adversity to build a killer business that makes a real difference in the world. Stay tuned to learn more about their game-changing strategies which took them from struggle to success. Welcome to Season 2 of the Struggle to Success podcast. On today's episode, I speak to Stephanie Taylor, Managing Director of HMO Heaven, a HMO management company that provide beautiful and affordable homes for housemates. She also has a training company that helps people set up a profitable property business and escape the nine to five. In today's interview, I talk to Stephanie about having a baby at 18 and working up from benefits to entrepreneurship. We discuss Black Lives Matter and her experiences of being a black woman in business and how she believes her role to change things is to inspire others to live their dream life. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Sonia. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, and uh, I'm really excited to share your story because we have little bits in common. Um, We both were single teenage mums um, and both run businesses now. So you've had quite the interesting story, haven't you? Do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and kind of what led you to this point? Yeah, Sonia, it's still a bit mind-blowing because we just had a a quick little chat and I just think, you know, 18-year-old me would never recognize me in a million years or ever have thought. I mean, I don't think I could even have imagined... Where, where I've ended up. So, so I run a business, well, I run two, two, business, two main businesses, which is uh, HMO Heaven, which is a property management company in Wales. We transform house shares from hellish to heavenly. And then we've got our training business, which is Rent to Rent Success, which we were so successful with the HMO house share management business that people were asking about it and we started I started doing some very bad YouTube videos and it's just taken off from there that we're now training other people um, how, how to do it. Brilliant how long have you been doing both of those things each business? That is the craziest thing of all it's um, it started in 2016 so it's four years uh, we'll be coming up to five years next year and that's one of the things that super blows my mind that you can absolutely massively change your life within a five-year period. <laughs> you never, and do you know what is even more amazing? Think fast forward five years from now and think about what we actually could be doing because I'm exactly the same five years ago and today is, is almost unrecognizable. And that's half the reason I do this podcast is because I want people to kind of be inspired to carry on and, and follow their dreams because it can get really tough, can't it, over the years. Um, it's, it's not always plain sailing. And and that makes me reflect back on the many, many years where I wasn't living my potential at all, you know, decades, um, didn't even realise that I had any of this, you know, inside me. And I think that's another really important message that I'm excited to share with people, you know, in my own training is that everything that you need for success is already within you. You only have to look inside. And you've you've just got to find it. And, you know, whether that's going on a course, working with a coach, working with a mentor, going on some kind of course, a really good course is actually such a brilliant way to be able to draw this this out of you. I think that that's what a good mentor, a good course should be doing. So if we can just go back right to the beginning, you Mm. were a single mum. How old were you when you were... When you- 18 I always say 19 because it was two two weeks before my 19th birthday and I I didn't I didn't realize that I had such shame but when looking back I can see that that accounted for a lot of things that later happened or the, the decisions that I made I didn't really think that I was as good as everyone else yeah and it comes well from my experience I don't know about yours but it comes with huge judgment you're ruining your life you almost need to hide mm. it um mm. I was pregnant at 17 but I'm the same as you I had my son um a couple of weeks after my 18th birthday so I was like oh no this mm. isn't so bad because because I had him yeah. at 18 and it doesn't sound so bad and uh, I just shared with you just now that when I went on a course down in London 
I was thinking, oh my God, like I'm not good enough to be here. I'm just a teenage mum. Even though I was like 35 at the time and my son was finished school and he was at college and I still carried that. I still carried that yeah. shame thinking that people was going to judge me. Um, Absolutely. And it's just crazy, isn't it? And I don't think it, you realise how much it does impact you. So what was your experience at the time? Well, I was lucky in, in certain ways. I didn't know how hard it was going to be. <laughs> so I, I was super um, optimistic. I think you do get to choose what you believe. And so I was choosing to believe that um, I was super excited to be uh, having Alex. Um, and um, I had a great pregnancy and a great birth. And the, the joy of it was that he was such a lovely little baby. He was just so happy and easy to be with. and as a little boy he just wanted to whatever you had planned he was always excited about it <laughs> so, but but on the other hand he was very chatty talked all the time and I, I remember that being very very wearing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's something like it's 200 questions a day the average two-year-old or so oh wow it's crazy um so you were on your own you were 18 you mm-hmm. were on benefits because yeah. of the situation that you were in but you really worked hard, didn't you? And mm. got degrees. And do you want to tell mm. us a little bit about how that happened? Well, what happened was I was I was adamant that I wasn't going to be on benefits. I just had this thing in my mind that I shouldn't be on benefits. I didn't need benefits. I could get a job. And because I had left school, I had O-levels, but I had been at college at the time and I hadn't completed my A-level, so I didn't have any other and I didn't have any real job experience. And uh, so I, I got a very low paying job um, as a, some sort of administrative work. And so I was going into town each day, dropping him off at the crack of dawn at this nursery, picking him up after dark. It was in winter because he was born in August. And then this was in the winter when I'd gone back to work. And um, it was just heartbreaking. And I went to pick him up one day and just something that one of the people who worked there said it just made me realize in a way that hadn't before they don't care about him it was it wasn't anything deliberate or anything if I told you what the words were it was nothing untoward but at that moment I just realized that there wasn't really enough money to afford something that I wanted and that my value was more at home than going to be in the work marketplace at that time so I went on to benefits and that was a bit soul destroying. (laughs) Yeah I fought for so many years and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that you didn't really have job experience and you've got qualifications but as we know now as entrepreneurs, business owners or people that have been in work qualifications unless you go into law or you know become a doctor or anything like that qualifications don't really mean a lot when you go into Mm. work they don't give you job experience or life experience and I think when you're kind of lacking in those resources or that experience it's a real struggle and Mm. I went from packing factories to chip shops to bar work um, waitressing, mm. chambermaid in a hotel, because you have to do these low-level roles to mm. to kind of work your way out of it and get better and get better mm. and get better. Um, and I was the same as you. I, you know, I used to take my son, and he was at school breakfast club, after school club, and you just get to the point where you're like, this is just, you know, I'm working to pay childcare really. And so, yeah, did did you go back into qualification? Qual- um, sorry, university. You got yeah. Well, what what happened was I, I was then at home with Alex which it was it was beautiful I mean the life was so I could just see him flourishing and I decided to do the Open University now this was back well it must be 30 years ago almost because Alex is 30 this year but um it was correspondence so you would get all your workbooks and these um essay sheets and you would actually write the essays down that's uh that's how it was um it's it's crazy now when you think about it. this was um Alex was born in 1990s so this would have been you know sort of coming into 1991 and I but I loved it I loved reading all of the the workbooks doing the essays and waiting for the them to come back in the posts because the tutors would obviously mark them and send them back in the post and, in the post can you imagine yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was fun. So, so I did a degree, and when Alex was older, I 
I did a couple of years of that rather. And then when Alex was older, I went back to, I went to university full time and um, yeah, yeah, got a, got a degree. And What were your degrees in Open University and also in uni? The first one was in sociology. I, I wouldn't choose that now, knowing what I know now, because I worked really hard, got amazing grades, but it's not really looked upon uh, very highly. But it was really super interesting. I, I thoroughly um, enjoyed it. And then in my master's degrees, I did international relations and diplomacy, which again was, I, I just super enjoyed the learnings and the trips. We went on the field trip to Brussels to the EU and NATO and all that. And, um, and then I did one in uh, social policy, but, but it's kind of a long story and will take us a little bit <laughs> off track, I think. Um, it's quite interesting that you chose these quite social-based degrees yeah. um, and that you now run um, like a Ha- like you're in property do you think mm. the two of those things if looking back can you see those feeding into what you're doing today well back when I was doing that I was very much thinking about structural change and uh, in society and I think now what what I'm more teaching people is how to if you feel that life has passed you by so or you're not as far forward as you wanted to be or you can't give your children the things that you want to you can actually do something and you might not think this is open to you but come and have a look in here you can actually do this it's not as it's not as complicated as as you might think yeah not so so far out of reach um so what did that lead on to after your degrees i'm assuming you went into employment yeah, I did. And then it was, a, you know, slightly going uphill. But what I'm sure many people will relate to is that even though you're going uphill on the career ladder, the salary is not always keeping up compared with the time and the level of responsibility and investment that's required for you to put in. So I can remember that I got a job that was over £40,000 and I thought this was a huge amount of money and and more than I had anticipated that I might ever get for a job and I was so thrilled to to have this role. And then I I had a, a different job like Oh, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called where you're just advising which was an additional uh, payment as well and that was just a few hours a, a month and now I the revenue of one of our businesses is more than that per month yeah yeah and I would never have imagined that I could what I thought was you know not a, a massive salary but a good salary for me that that it's actually just a small yeah amount of money really it's, I had a similar experience. So when I was bringing up my son, I had £86 a week to bring up my son. Mm. Um, and when you've got a baby, every penny is accounted for, mm. literally every penny. I used to have a meter for my gas and electricity and I used to put £2 in there because that's all I had. And mm. I remember I'd done the same and I'd worked at the property sorry worked up the um corporate ladder and mm. um i remember it was one of the first kind of proper jobs that i got full-time jobs that i got and the salary still wasn't great but i remember paying more in tax than i used mm. to earn in a month mm. and that was a real pivotal point for me where i was like actually what used to be my whole life is now kind of really small in comparison and I think it's really important to take these moments because you just you wouldn't keep going otherwise would you because if you're not seeing and I think what I've picked up from you is you're very good at seeing these little moments that will just propel you forward and think I'm doing something right here what next what Mm. next what next Mm. going Mm. so what Mm. happened for you after that role well I was I I loved that 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 role um but I had an idea and I, I, I think I've always had these little sparks of ambition, but I've, a lot of the time I've pushed them down. But I, I had this idea that I could run a business and it, would be, uh, it was going to be a social club, a hub for people to meet and things. And I was going to organize holidays and all, the, all of these different types of things. And so I did it and I'd started doing it, but they weren't too happy about it at my workplace. And even though it was nothing to do with the work, but so I decided to leave and I didn't have a a huge amount of income then, but I thought I could make this work and I did and I loved it. And it was, it was, but when I reflect back, I didn't realize that there's a system to businesses. (laughs) 
that there's, you know, there's a system to success that you take each step and okay, you can, you can innovate on it, but if you don't know what the system is. So I ended up running this business for seven years and uh, it was, it was, um, oh, what's the word I want to say? I did everything. There was no outsourcing or there was very little outsourcing. And I did all the things that are really not in my wheelhouse, like the administration of it. Yeah. This was a business with like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of, you know, small transactions. And so it's just a, an absolute nightmare to run. Admin, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I burned myself out and um, I decided to, take, to, to sell the business. A friend of mine, he was in it, bought it. And, uh, and just go back to work. And I took a few months off and then reassessing and... And, um, and, and eventually went back doing some low pay work. So my life had gone sort of uphill and then it's come to a downhill. Yeah. It but, happens uh, to the best of us actually. So you went back to work and, and again, I had a similar thing after my son was ill, I kind of just went back to what I knew, which was employment. It's kind of feels safe in a way. Um, mm. and that, and you think, oh, well, you know, that's, that's, that's what everybody does. So I'll go and do it. Um, mm. but I'm assuming you didn't really, um, sit, sit, it didn't sit too well for too long. Well, I was, I was there for quite some time looking back. Uh, I can see that I was d- downhearted. I just seemed to have no get up and go. Why was I even entertaining the ideas of these roles? Things like, um, receptionist at a car showroom, but a very oh, wow. expensive cars, very quiet showroom. I mean, the most boring job in the world. And, um, just because of lack of people coming in and, but I, I, I'd gone for this job at this place, didn't get it, and was absolutely devastated. And uh, there's quite a, a long convoluted story, but let's just fast forward to I um, eventually get my confidence back through some other roles that I get. I got a job as an office manager and um, I was terrified about this, um, but did it. And, re- and within six months, I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> I get this now I don't want to keep doing this Um, and um, I got my mojo back and that's when I learned about bank contracting and that you can contract in banks and uh, you know it would have been what I was earning in a week that you earn in a day on a contract basis and so I started there and um, loved that and then had another moment where I just realized it was about my mum got ill and I I was, I, she called me and I wasn't attentive to her on the phone and in the morning she, she, cause I think she felt sad or alone or something. She felt something while she called in the morning, uh, because it's not a time she would call cause she knew I'd be getting ready for work. And when I was thinking about it in the afternoon, I'm sitting at my desk and I just thought, ah, oh, this is it. It wouldn't matter if I was here or not. But it does matter if you are not there for your mum. Yeah. And I then took the, con- the thoughts a little bit further. What about if she was ill and I wanted to go to Birmingham where she lives for a few months to stay with her? That would be difficult for me to do. Mm. And what about if, I, if she was well and I just wouldn't spend more time there or just do things together? Or, and that just made me reassess my life and realize that gave me the strength or the, the, the bravery, the courage to try again and to make business work in a different way that was more flexible. Really amazing, isn't it? That it it normally is that big universal kick up the bum when something happens and you go, okay, I've been, it's, it's been bubbling for a while, but this has kind of given me the wake up call that I needed. Um, so, so did you perp- um, get your first property then and get into HMOs then, or what was your tracking? Yeah, property? well, I, I was, um, I just started going to lots of different property events. I know you're into property as well, Sonia. And, um, I realized that there are ways I would go to these events and be absolutely blown away by all the things that people were doing and, you know, some sort of normal people that I could sort of relate myself to. And I thought, oh my goodness, maybe, you know what, maybe I could do this. And there were strategies whereby you didn't need a lot of money to start off with. And these were more property businesses rather than property investment. But even so, I thought I could start off with a property business and then start investing in property and I was I was totally amazed and yeah I I just thought went from thinking I don't know how people do this to like I'm gonna do this 
<laughs> and I'm going to be better than the people who, some of the people who are already doing it. So I don't know how that. <laughs> Good for you. And what was your first business that you started running in property? Yeah, so that was in 2016. So that's HMO Heaven, their house shares. So it's an HMO, uh, HMOs are houses of multiple occupations. People may know as house shares like student houses, but usually for professionals in our case. And so we we started looking for properties that we could rent from the owners and then give them guaranteed uh, rent and um, freedom from tenant management, total peace of mind. And we would then do the properties up a little bit and charge the tenants a higher but still affordable rent and really um, provide a good service. So so we started looking for people to do that. And you go in there with the same sense of excitement, but also terror <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it's all going to work out. Um, but, but it did, it did. And uh, it grew from there. So you kind of set up a business that didn't really cost a huge amount mm-hmm. um, to kind of act as an agency, I guess, between yes. people who are renting and people who are rent well, own the properties to go yeah. and improve on that and take obviously your profit from, from in the middle. And then did you grow that actually into owning your own properties after that? Yeah, exactly. So the, the, it is a bit like a letting agent if, if somebody was listening. But the difference is that with letting agents, they charge, say, a percentage, say it's 10% or whatever it may be of the rent. Whereas we guarantee the rent to the owner. But then that means that if we're able to make a lot more, we can do, but they've just got that certainty of knowing what their investment is. So from each property, we could make a lot more than the typical betting agent. So just explaining that side of it. So that means that you can build up your cash flow much, much more quickly and that you've then got money to invest in other things. And also people want to invest in you because they've already seen that you can do, you can do it. And also lenders are willing to lend to you. So over the next, within the first business, we built up the turnover to, sorry, the, the contracts, because we, we've got these properties on contracts. So just over £2 million. And we started buying the properties. And we're in Wales, so you get a lot more property for, for your, your money. money. And we bought over um, a couple of years, 28 units, um, mix of like HMOs and commercials and different things, but for just over a million pounds. And some of them we bought on the strategies where you don't need to have a mortgage and a deposit, creative property buying strategies. And other ones we bought uh, traditionally with commercial lending and a deposit and so on. So yeah, it's just been, yeah, crazy. Amazing. And it seems like throughout your whole kind of journey, and, and we touched on this earlier, your confidence was kind of really low from, you know, you probably have your own feelings from being young and a mum and benefits and all of that. And it stays with you. But actually throughout your whole journey, you've been touching, just touch it or just try it. And then you'll go back and just try it. And then you'll go back. But all of your experience is almost built up to this point of when you said, you know, now's the right time, whatever that reason is. Your son might be older, you might have felt more confident in that, you know, you've got your um, education or you've got your, your, your work experience. Um, but there was that pivotal moment where it kind of all just fell into place for you, really. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? Because, um, as I say, when I started that first business, uh, I was forty-five, and so I just feel like it took me such a long time to get to get <laughs> to yeah. get to that place. But now that I'm there, I do kind of feel that I have got a rocket under me because um, it's it's as though I know that I got to do everything now, and that I feel that I've. I've wasted so much time, even though the time, as you say, wasn't wasted. It's all telling you what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? I, I often think I should be further ahead than I am. But then I think I'm comparing myself to someone that hasn't brought up a child by themselves. <laughs> so actually, we need to stop comparing ourselves. I compare myself to people who have got family support or partners or business partners or no Mm. children or help with Mm. their children. Whereas actually Mm. I didn't have any of that. And um, so actually I need to compare myself to, to people. It it shouldn't be apples and pears, should it? So Mm. as, as, as much as, 
it can be helpful to say, I want to push myself harder. Actually, it can have the opposite negative effect where you say, I'm not as good as these people. I haven't achieved as much as these people. Um, but I mean, at the, at the age that you are now, you've got a successful business. You've got a lovely son who's grown up and, and mm. doing his own things. And that's all down to your 18-year-old self saying, what am I going to do? You know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that I don't mm. want this. And I think even though you haven't had a, an end point to work towards, you've had a point behind you that, you know, you didn't want. And I think mm. sometimes for me as well, I knew what I didn't want. So I just worked my way. I worked away from what I didn't want rather than towards mm. what I did want. And then over the years you start thinking, actually, I do want this. Actually, I do want that. How am I going to achieve that? How am I going to achieve that? So um, I think it's an interesting way around, isn't it really to work away from something rather than towards something if you don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, but I find, and maybe this has happened for you as well, Sonia, that um, now I am working towards something yeah, yeah, and that I'm very clear with what I'm working towards and that was not the case and that is why I'm, I'm able to move so fast. So to your point, do I compare myself adversely to people? I, I suppose we all do it a little bit, but I don't think I do it very much because I'm so amazed <laughs> to, be <where> I, <laughs> to be where I am. So even though I'm aware that, you know, the size of our portfolio and our business Obviously, if you've got a 10 million pound business, ours looks tiny, but most UK businesses, as we were learning the other day, are they don't, they're not profitable and most don't make over a hundred thousand pounds. I think it's something like under 10% that make over a hundred thousand pounds in a year. So I know that, um, we're, we're doing, we're doing all right. I, I'm very, I'm very happy with, um, you've done amazingly well, amazingly well. There we are. But Yeah. Yeah, you've done amazingly well. It's just been such a journey for you as well, hasn't it? And I think your point is exactly right. When I was younger, I just know what I didn't want. Whereas, I mean, I've been running my business for seven years now. Um, yeah. And actually going on dent was a big turning point for me because I think I just, it just pulled everything together. So even though I was running yeah. a business for like four, five years before I went on that course, actually going on that course really streamlined everything for me and just made it a lot more clear about what I wanted and what I wanted to do and, and, and my next steps. And I think, again, it was another one of those pivotal moments where you go, actually, I'm not, I'm not working away from something now. I'm actually working towards something. And I think mm. that, that makes it different, doesn't it? Like you said, it puts a rocket under you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just makes it so much more fun because I've had all sorts of different focus points over the years. But as you said, Alex is now growing up. He's actually just buying his own, his first property, um, uh, doing it up from, you know, it's gone back to brick. Uh, he's doing it all himself. He, he he's, lives in Birmingham. I mean, obviously we're advising and helping and, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's great. It's great to see him. Um, you know, I was going to say becoming a man, but he has been a man for some years. <laughs> yeah, mums will, mums will always, they'll always be your babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. how does your, so we talked about uh, the podcast is from Struggle to Success, which obviously you have had and it's amazing, but how do you kind of see your business giving back or what is it that you kind of like yeah. to do in order to feel as though you are helping others and giving back, other than obviously making them have lovely places to live, which is, which is a huge um, positive. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that I am moving towards is inspiration. What what I believe is, as as I said earlier, is that we've all got it within us, but some of us don't know, and most of us could be doing much more than we are. So even Oprah has got four coaches. Even she, um, who ticks nearly every box of success that you could possibly think of, is still trying to better herself and better her mind and use her mind better. Well, I, I really believe that what we, what we consciously think determines our results. The problem is that most of us are not consciously thinking and yeah. trying to change those unconscious thoughts that are delivering the poor results. And so how i how i give back is in a number of ways but then the, the main one is just all the free content to just help people think oh my gosh if she's doing it and she was a bit of a hot mess um <laughs> i think that let's face it i think i could do this like the, the moment that i had so my key things are to believe bigger to be bolder and to be a game changer 
And so the believe bigger is the first part. That's the important bit to just give yourself permission to believe that more is possible for you. Um, whatever, wherever you are, um, there's the next step on the belief ladder that you can you can take. So you, if you're currently in debt and you know uh, on benefits or something like that, you might not be able to believe I can be you know a multi-billion pound property investor or something like that. That might be too far, but you might be able to believe. I can get out of debt, I can learn what to do and I can do that. And that might be your first belief about yourself. Or you might be able to believe I can learn how to be good with money and that you're taking those steps. So so the first one is believe bigger. And the next one is be bolder because our natural human tendency is to hide and to not want anyone to know or not want anyone to see us in case we fail. And so that scuppers you. And when you can be out there and you don't mind, actually, if somebody knows that you were a teenage mum at 18, not, not 19, which sounds so much better. <laughs> anyway, you don't mind, actually, that somebody knows that you were on benefits because that's all part of your story. And some people will like it and some people won't, but that's okay. So when you can be bolder, it just it just liberates you to be able to be at your full potential. And we all need a bit of a push wherever we are along that spectrum as well. So that's believe bigger, be bolder. And the final one is the one really that you're talking about is the be a game changer is all about how you can take what you have and away and deliver it at betterness you know you can better yourself and other people so it starts off by your game changer for yourself for your family in your community and then in our world you can invest and one of the things we did get from dent is um, give before you're ready so that might be one percent you know it can be one percent revenue one percent of profit one percent of your salary you can start there giving before you're ready and how I do it I think you do this as well Sonia is through the b1g1 platform Brilliant, is that yes yeah yeah do you want to talk about what you're doing with it no no you go for it you go for it because I was in... um no I um but uh, what I love about the online platform is that you can give when when somebody buys something within your business or at any touch point that you want when somebody does something uh, you can then make that the cue to give and we're at the moment we're giving to two projects we've got one in Malawi and one in one in Malawi and one in Zimbabwe which are both training people to set up their own businesses which I really feel has been life-changing for me and I know that 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 will be for other people so it gives it gives us it just gives us such joy more than you would think just knowing that that we're doing that it's incredible isn't it and and charities such as that or businesses such as B1G1 give normal everyday people the opportunity to really have life-changing impacts for people Mm. around the globe and it's just incredible isn't it and I talk about giving back all the time and some people oh you know I can't afford to give to charity or haven't got Mm. time to do that which is fine you don't have to have the money all the time actually there are people Mm. out there that sit between you Mm. and the people and they actually do that for you really cost effectively and the amount of business that I think it drives your way because people align with you because, because of what you're doing, you can talk about it in your marketing. It just gives you a whole other level of depth, I think, to your business, doesn't it? Yeah, and because we're encouraging people, we're helping people set up in business as well. And it means that they will also do the Have same the impact. thing. Yeah, the yeah. Ripple effect, isn't it? Um, yeah. that, that's really amazing. And how many people have you helped or, or have you got in tenants as tenants? Because so, I, I was just thinking the amount of people that you've helped, you know, have a nice place to live, which is huge, isn't it? Having, having that security um, and that basic need taken care of is, is just huge for people. Yeah, it is. And especially at the lower budget point in the market, because sometimes those properties can be really not looked after. And we've, we see that a lot. But what I love is we've, we've got just over 100 tenants at the moment, but we've had hundreds over the period. And what I really am proud of is is the the reviews that we have when you search HMO Heaven on on Google, uh, we pop up with loads of reviews. And really, it's our team that makes that happen especially Luke um who who looks after people and just uh, treats people with dignity that that's the way of uh, of thinking about it and especially at the lower end like you said you do feel I certainly did when I was living in, in in a council house when I was on benefits 
it doesn't feel dignified. You don't feel like you can really come out of it or it's, it's, it does feel like a bit of a trap. So, Mm. and I truly believe that your surroundings make such a difference. Mm. And if you're living Mm. in a nice place, you know, you want to get up, you want to go and work hard. You want to have a, have a great social life. And it all kind of feeds into that kind of sphere of life I guess where you just feel a lot more filled because because you've got a nice place to live and you're proud of that um Mm. it kind of has a knock-on effect doesn't it so it really sounds like you're doing amazing things and um I wish you all the best I think we're in massively changing times at the moment with Mm. Black Lives Matter and coronavirus and lockdown Mm. and everything else how do you think things are going to change as we said before, five years ago, we wouldn't have recognized ourselves now. In the next kind of year to five years, how do you think everything's going to change for your business and also for the wider community? Yeah, just talking about the wider community and and, uh, bringing up the coronavirus and the the Black Lives Matter. Well, I think coronavirus has shown us all that we know nothing. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow because I think most people would have said that can never happen. We would never, ever have It's something you see in the movies and it never happens in real life. <laughs> yeah. So that's just shown us that we, we don't know anything about what's going to happen. We really, really don't. And so I think that's made what you teach much more powerful about being able to offer something of value online and be able to get that to the right people who need it. With Black Lives Matter, that's been really personal to me because obviously listeners may not know, but I'm black. My parents are from Jamaica. So it, it really broke my heart in so many ways. I feel emotional talking about it, but um, it's something that I don't really talk about. And, um, oh God, I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know something? It just goes to show how emotive this is and the conversations need to happen. I truly believe that we are much further past. I mean, this shouldn't even be going on in this day and age. And I don't know if anybody watched recently the Windrush um, program that was on a couple of nights ago. Just horrendous. You know, what people have been, they've been in this country for 50 years and then just thrown out. And I think people like me, I'm in a bubble. I don't see myself as racist. I, I, I treat everybody exactly the same, whether they're a BIM man or managing director, whether they're orange, black, pink, white, whatever colour they are. And I think because I think that, I'm probably not as educated as I should be about how it has impacted people. And mm. conversations need to happen. They need to happen to change people like my opinion. They need to change mm. people who are, who are maybe not as positive about people of a different race. The, these conversations need to happen. It's horrendous that it's having to go on with coronavirus because obviously people getting together and, and uh, protesting is, is obviously, it's just another level of complexity that we've got the virus. But conversations need to happen. And, and I don't blame you for getting upset because it's, it's mm. over 400 years of, of history kind of attached to this as well as a more personal history. Yeah, I think it's just that um, I don't really think about it or sorry I don't really talk about it or haven't done very much but it's because I do get so invested in it and then if I make a comment uh, or say something and people come back with their there's a lot of what what hurts it is there's a lot of people at the extremes on both sides that really are quite loud and that sort of makes the middle where a lot of people are. It just means that people can't hear the messages because of what's happening at the extremes. But I think it is important that people do understand, because I mean, many of us would say oh, that, you know, racism doesn't happen and uh, racism doesn't happen in this country. But we've all heard the remarks where from friends, relatives and so on that, are oh, oh, racist and we think that that's okay because most people don't think like that but actually quite a lot of people more than we might care to admit do think like that and it, it has such a negative effect like we were talking earlier about um the the shame that you might have of being a teenage mum or that we felt that we maybe had and didn't help us to move forward it's when you, people are negatively treated over a long period of time, I think that causes people to not believe that they can move forward in a specific kind of way. And 
I think everybody has different what's it called I'm trying to think of this whole white privilege well there's there's privilege on on every side because I might be more privileged than somebody who's maybe less educated or less other other skills that that I have or uh, in England obviously I've got quite an English accent so obviously that is going to be different to somebody who's got a really strong strong accent the experience is going to be different because if the for the people who are discriminating that they know when to discriminate and things like that so so yeah I, I do find it hard but I think what you're saying is right Sonia that what what's warmed my heart immensely is seeing the protests all around the world and that people are standing up you know normal normal people not protesters if you know what I mean because there are people who protest every time but people who don't usually protest are, are standing up and saying, look, we, we don't think this is right, that this should be carrying on. And um, I, I will stop talking about it because I could go on. But that footage was so painful uh, to watch the whole video, the, the, the policeman killing George Floyd for, for over eight, eight minutes um, and just hearing and just the kind of the kind of mentality that you need to have to be able to do that is is what the problem is and what we saw from that 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 footage is that it's an everyday occurrence it's not about that one person it's 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 an everyday occurrence and it happens in lots of different ways so I really appreciate everyone you know in our community who's who's posted up that especially if they're not black because it's hard it's a hard thing to do and you have to be courageous because your people in your community will then criticize you uh, for doing that there's a huge amount of criticism and i for one when it first started really struggled to know what to say and mm. i think you are absolutely right people will jump onto anything so even if you're coming across as well-meaning it could be i was speaking to someone who's going to come on the podcast as well actually and he he explained the origins of half caste and it actually means half a person so when you when but for people who are uneducated about the the origins of of these they, they might just be using them as a turn of phrase and, and not really mm. think that it is derogatory, but there is no, there's no education around this. So mm. even when people aren't meaning to be racist, they're almost racist <laughs> just by not meaning mm. to. And mm. I didn't know what to say because I know that I'm not educated as educated as I need to be. And I have no experience of this, but then mm. after a while I thought, no, it, it, it feeds on silence, racism mm. or any type of discrimination feeds on silence. You need to speak mm. up in, in whatever way that is. And you need to do it in, in, I, I tried to do it in a, I tried to be holistic about it. I tried to do it in an inclusive way mm. so that I didn't offend anyone. I still managed mm. to offend some people. Mm. only because they've got such personal stories and because it was black lives matter there's obviously been a lot of indian people who are feeling mm. you know what about me what about me what about me so it creates this ongoing cascade of conversation mm. or triggers or whatever it is but i do believe that it it will calm i do believe that people will start finding a bit more balance in this i think at the moment emotions are very high um, mm. rightly rightly so we've got coronavirus we've all been shut down off work worried about money all of the other stuff so all of that collective energy negative energy probably has all now culminated in in this it's no wonder our world is kind of saying no more you know no more the virus is out of our control but this isn't we need to change ourselves and i, I think we're in fascinating times it, it needs to happen and one thing one thing I can speak from experience is being a woman, especially a woman in business. I have had a huge amount of sexism. Um, I've been held back a lot because of my sex. And oh, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but being a woman and being a black woman, mm. it must just be doubly mm. t- tough. Yeah, and I, I saw um, a friend of mine, another black woman, posted on LinkedIn today, and she said that uh, normally she goes by the "keep calm and calm and carry on" motto, and I think that that's what I do because for my mentality, I feel I would find it hard to get out of bed if I really took this on. So I prefer to believe that I have got my chance, and that it's about what I do you know when I'm out of bed and this is the other thing that fuels me is that 
I know that I can do this. And also part of being an inspiration is to be an inspiration, especially to the people who think that they can't. So on one side, that that as women, women are more attractive to working with me because um, there are not so many women in property. But then especially also is black people because they can see that I've had the similar challenges to them that I didn't start off, you know, with, with so much money in the bank and, um, and that it's possible for them. So that, that's where a lot of my, um, motivation comes from to keep moving forward and to, to keep standing out there as well because oftentimes when people talk about their business they don't turn, talk about the the money of it or they talk about their portfolio but they don't talk about the worth of it and my numbers are you know high for some and low for others and I don't mind you know what what people think of that but the reason why I talk about them is so that people know oh that is possible for me as well and that exact thing, and they can start to aim at that thing. If if because uh, everyone, some people are behind you and some people are in front of you. But obviously, I'm talking to the people who who want behind. to learn from you. Yeah, you want to mentor them. So of course, you're going to be. Yeah, they're going to be in the start of their journey. Really, you're so inspirational. Honestly, you should. You've just got such an amazing story, and you're such an amazing lady. You know, you're just so kind, and you're so positive. And any time you've come up with a challenge. Rather than being trodden down, you've gone, okay, how, how can I move, move forward now? You know, what, what are my next steps? How, how can I move forward? And you're just an inspiration, honestly. Oh, <laughs> Stephanie, bless you. <laughs> oh, Mike. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you're going to set me off now. <laughs> Oh dear, I need to work on this. <laughs> no, you don't. You're a human. You are human. And honestly, I, I was actually interviewed on somebody's podcast a couple of weeks ago and uh, I told my story and I actually I came off and just <laughs> cried because you never look back, do you? I never look back. And it wasn't until I actually said the words out loud, I was like, Jesus, I've really come far. <laughs> Yeah, you have. You have. I mean, I, I nearly cried when I listened to your story because um, it was just, it was just one thing on top of another. But that one where you you left for work at five a.m., heavily pregnant, to walk an hour to work, and as you left your house, you saw somebody. It's not funny, but you saw somebody who's attempted suicide, and you saved them before you went to work. I mean, it was just. It's not funny. No, it was horrendous. But when you say it like that. You know, and you just think, literally, is there anything else that's going to happen? But it, I, I think I've got the same outlook as you. It did beat me for a lot of years. I, I haven't yeah. always coped. It did beat yeah. me for a lot of years. But luckily, I had that something in me that just said, no, this isn't, this isn't my life. This isn't what I want. Um, yeah. And that can happen on my level of literally finding someone who'd slit their wrists when I was walking an hour to work. Um, or it can happen on anybody's level. You know, they might be running a successful business now, but they want to do something different or they want to do something better. Yes. Or you, you have to have the same mindset of, actually, is this going to beat me or is it going to fuel me? And, you know, that yeah. can go for racism, anything that you've come up against. Is mm -hmm. this going to beat me or can I do something to change people's opinions, people's mm. approaches? Can I do something to improve my business, my communication? You know, what can it be? And I truly believe entrepreneurs have got a huge... Impact, they can have huge impact and huge mm. responsibility, really. Um, mm. And interestingly, I've, as a woman, I don't know how you feel, but I've never really had a role model. And looking at the, pro the um, leader of, in New Zealand and how mm. she has dealt, I just absolutely love Jacinda. And yeah. now having this woman in this leadership role, holding a baby, dealing with a killer virus, helping people get into free apprenticeships to build people's homes and all of the other amazing thing that she's done. And I'm thinking, Do you know what? Times are changing. The world is changing. We now have these female role models, which I've never had before in my life. Um, mm. And with the Black Lives Matter, that's, it's only going to get more and more inclusive. I think we've just got to go through a really shaky time. Um, mm. But once this shaky time is over, I think we're going to be in for a lot more holistic, inclusive, less divided 
society, I believe. I think we've just got a couple of years of uh, uncertainty before we get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great to see the recognition of, of just people saying, yeah, it is bad. I recognize your pain. I can see you. Uh, so sometimes when people are posting, you know, I'm not expecting them to sort of give the answer because there's no answer. It's just that they're saying, yeah, I can see this is a terrible thing. Um, rather than saying, oh, I don't think it's that bad. And actually he was a criminal. Uh, you know, this is what some people are saying, but it's not about one specific person or one specific incident. It's the fact that this happens and other people are standing in the street as though it's just the normal carry on of you know, business as usual. And uh, yeah, so I agree totally what you said. I, I think that it's, it, we are heading to much more positive times. Oh, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm sorry I made you upset, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a joy. It was a joy. It's kind of tears of joy and over-emotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And can you just let anybody know if they want to get in touch with you, uh, what is the best way to get in touch with you or um, any, anything, books or anything that you've got that they can maybe go and read? Yeah, if people are listening and they're interested in starting their own property business, um, then renttorentsuccess.com is the place to go. And yes, I am publishing my book uh, later this year. So do look out for that. And if you just want to get in touch with me, I'm on I'm on, on everywhere as Stephanie <laughs> Taylor or Rent to Rent Success. And, you know, I, I would love to hear from you. Oh, thank you so much for coming on and best of luck with everything because honestly, you are a real inspiration. Oh, oh go on. Oh, can I mention something? And yeah. if people are interested in finding out more about Rent to Rent, that's the name of the property strategy that we've been talking about. I've just started my own podcast. I oh, forgot yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, God. Well, I'm a terrible host. I made you cry and then I forgot to mention your own podcast. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, the Rent to Rent Success podcast. Um, so if anybody's interested in that aspect of property, um, then the Rent to Rent Success podcast. Thanks so much, Sonia. That's all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Watching.